This one is a very startling parable, isn't it? It may seem as if Jesus was praising this cunning man who has figured out the way to get away with what he wants to do in any situation. But today's readings put things in the right perspective. You know, the first reading of the prophet Amos is a strong rebuke against people who use their cleverness to, to cheat and, and get the upper hand in some dishonest way. And that is the constant teaching throughout the Bible. So clearly, Jesus is not meaning this parable in a sort of Machiavellian way, as if you know, the end could justify any means. Okay then, but what does he mean in that case? What does Jesus want to say? I think that he, he's pointing to a certain disconnect that can exist between good values and their implementation. Because it may happen that people may adopt the right principles, the right values, and seek the kingdom of God, and then not, a, not be able to figure out how to carry them out into practice. And so he says, for the children, children of this world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. Haven't you seen people with good intentions fail because of naivete or lack of experience at times? Or maybe haven't you failed at some point because you misunderstood a given situation or, or acted impulsively? And that's what Jesus is aiming at, I think. He wants us to be children of light. He wants us to aim at the right goals, but also to be clever and shrewd in how to further those good principles in a complex world. I mean, if we look at Jesus himself, he clearly had this ability. His top priority was to carry out his father's mission and so bring us to salvation. So he would never use means that would contradict the mission that he came to fulfill. But at the same time, look at how often Jesus responded to his adversaries, uh, basically stumping them, leaving them speechless. For example, let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw the first stone at her when the woman was caught in adultery. Or in another situation, when pointing to the Roman coin, he said, you know, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. I mean, if there was someone clever on how to, you know, respond to adversaries, Jesus was that person. He even outsmarted the evil one because the cross basically was the moment in which the devil thought he had crushed the Messiah. And that's exactly the moment where Jesus had overcome the evil one. So Jesus definitely acted with great practical wisdom and cleverness. So what does it mean to imitate him in that regard? Well, let me break it down in two different aspects. The first one is this. Practical wisdom is about connecting the particular day-to-day -day situations with the long-term goals. That is what this, this you know, smart steward is very good at. He possesses, first of all, great clarity in what he wants. Well, I'm going to lose my job very soon, and I'd rather keep this good connection. So I need to have people, maybe some of these debtors could be potential uh, clients or 
or, or employers for me in the future. So he proceeds to do what is best to secure that future. He lowers the debt for each one of them, possibly at his own cost, because it, wasn't, it was a common practice that many times stewards would charge a greater interest, and that's what they would cash for themselves. So basically, in, in forgiving this debt, he was kind of maybe losing simply what he was supposed to gain from each of those transactions. So he's able to renounce some immediate gain so as to make friends. He knows where he wants to get and he, he proceeds accordingly. So when you are out to do good things, well, the first one is clarify what your priority is. Where do you want to get in life? How do you want to serve Christ? How do you further the kingdom in your family, in your school, in your job? And then how do you connect the day-to-day -day situations with that goal? There has to be a correlation between your week, what you do on a daily basis, and those long-term goals. It cannot be a complete disconnect. Sometimes people say, well, I would like to accomplish all these things, but you look at their day-to-day -day life and it doesn't reflect that at all. It doesn't work that way. And being smart in that way means, you know, uh, that you need to pick your battles instead of fighting many fronts at the same time. You know, connecting the day-to-day -day with the long-term view means picking your battles. It means that you need to know when to move forward and when to wait. There's a moment, a moment for each thing. It means that you need to anticipate the different outcomes or the outcomes of different courses of action that you may take and compare which one is the best. So that's the first aspect of shrewdness or practical wisdom, is to connect, have the, the, the long-term view in mind and connect the day-to-day -day actions and see how that's leading to where you want to get. The other aspect of practical wisdom is concerned rather with the inner world of complex passions. This steward of the parable also has this ability. He reflects, well, I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. He is well aware of the things he can and he cannot do, physically and emotionally. And so he spends no time in any unrealistic plans. He knows his strengths and his weaknesses, and so he knows what he is supposed to do. This aspect of Cleverness is connected to what a, an American psychologist, Daniel Goldman, called emotional intelligence. Goldman discovered that you know, many people who succeed in life are not those necessarily with the highest IQ or, or the most, you know, the hardest, the, the most hardworking people, but rather those who are capable of understanding and managing and expressing their emotions in the best way. And this is not far from what Catholic, classic Catholic thought has called virtue. Virtue is about the right ordering and coordination of, of human passions. Well, the right ordering of human passions is key to success, to do things right. You know, because I may have the best goals ever, but if I am, you know, controlled by um, stress and anxiety or I am very impulsive and I'm, I, I'm very, I have a very poor time management skills or I give in to insecurities when it comes to do the things I need to do. 
to pursue that goal, then, you know, I will not really succeed in doing what I want to do. So growing in this aspect of prudence implies learning how to manage my fears, my temper, my insecurities, my uh, anxieties, and so on. It implies knowing how to express my feelings and how to funnel them in such a way that I don't hurt other people or, or alienate them. It implies knowing which situations I'm able to bear emotionally and which situations are too much for me. In other words, I need to know what, or understand what, what do I need to do to stay balanced. A movie that comes to mind when thinking about this control or right funneling of passions is A Beautiful Mind. It's a movie based on the story of John Nash, a great mathematician and Nobel Prize recipient. So this man, as you see in the movie, he was going through increasingly strange situations until eventually you realize in the movie, he comes to realize that he suffers from paranoid schizophrenia. And so many of the characters that you've been watching in the movie that are part of his uh, life, they're not real. They're just in his imagination, right? Well, you would think that that's basically the end of his life and the end of his marriage and the end of his career, but it's not so. This, this man, John Nash, uh, makes the very courageous decision of learning how to distinguish what is real and what is not real and sticking to what is real in his life and basically ignoring those uh, unreal characters. And there's a, almost a comical scene at the end in which he's basically, the three characters are looking angrily at him because he's ignoring them completely. Um, well, that, that's a clever way of dealing with a very difficult inner world. I mean, he was dealt a very difficult hand, but he managed to learn how to, how to manage that and function and succeed. Um, you know, he basically told his passions, well, you're out of sync with reality. You know, I, I've, um, I, I feel this way or I feel this as real, but I realize it's not real. Obviously, most people don't have to deal with such an extreme case as the one of John Nash, but it's not uncommon to find that a lot of feelings of anger or many fears or many desires are a bit out of, out of proportion and out of sync with what's going on. And emo being you know, emotionally intelligent means telling those passions, you know, I will not follow your lead. I refuse to be controlled by you. I feel this way, but this is not what I am. It's not who I am. So practical wisdom is also concerned with this other aspect of controlling or managing your inner world wisely and prudently. But let me conclude with some practical things. There are many ways to grow in this virtue of uh, practical wisdom or prudence in dealing with our own generation and even with our own passions. Uh, this is a huge topic, and let me, let me narrow it down to a few things. The first one is this, is to learn from people who are prudent. When you know people around you who have great practical wisdom, go to them, ask for their advice, read about their lives and the important decisions they have to make, and learn from that practical wisdom they, have, they display, right? The second one is learn from, from your own experience. 
Learn from your own, even your own mistakes. Uh, because that's, you know, experience is a great master in how to deal with practical situations. And finally, this is more of a practical thing you can do right away this week. And maybe you're dealing with a difficult, perplexing situation right now in your life. About a family situation or how to deal with a difficult person. Something's going on in your job or your classes. And you don't know what to do. Well, imagine that your best friend is the one that is going through that situation. Someone you know well and is going exactly through that same situation. And write a letter of advice to that person, to your best friend. You will be amazed at how much practical wisdom and common sense you have. You know? It's amazing because when we just, we, we can take the distance of become, be, seeing the issue more objectively, we immediately have tremendous common sense and clarity. But then you can reread re your letter a few days later as, later as addressed to yourself. And that will enable, just using those things will help us grow in this, eventually and gradually grow in this practical wisdom, how to achieve what Christ has in store for us, how to be children of the light, but also prudent in dealing with our own generation.